Good morning, Pat. Hello, Anthony. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am excellent, thank you. Good morning. I also want to thank you for joining me on Indigo Sessions podcast as well. But while we're, while we're at it, let's go ahead and get started here. But um, can you help me say your last name? Cheatham. 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 Okay, Cheatham. very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's my honor to have you with us today. But uh, I know that you're a uh, iridology and detoxification specialist. Am I simplifying what you do? Or is... No, that's the titles for it. Yeah, but, you know, it's just this, like you said, the study of iridology and, and the art of sailor regenerative detoxification. You know, uh, that's important because, you know, not all forms of detoxification are regenerative to the body. You know? yeah. Yeah. How did you begin this? Well, my journey started uh, several years ago um, when I learned about Dr. Morris and all of them, uh, when uh, all of the different com raw food communities and people. Um, when yeah. I was working at my parents' health food store, my mom bought a health food store in 2005, and uh, I was, you know, still being challenged with my weight back then, and I had not transitioned over to a healthy diet, and then I... I got tired of being so overweight, and so then I started, you know, uh, learning about, you know, more things about health and the herbs and all of that, you know, working at my parents' health food store and helping her with it. And then I uh, found out about uh, the raw foods and the plant-based diet for healing and for weight loss uh, from a religious group of people in North Carolina called Hallelujah Acres. And they were using it to help, you know, cure people of cancer and all the different kinds of illnesses people would have. And and uh, then I, I started wanting to do more juicing. So I looked up uh, how to do, you know, some juicing recipes on YouTube. And I found Dan McDonald. And this was back in like, uh, he's also called the Life Regenerator on YouTube. And uh, I found him. Um, uh, and that was back in probably about 2007, 2008, and then I, I kept watching him. And then about 2009, 2010, he told uh, all of us about Dr. Morris. And then he was the one that actually talked to Dr. Morris and encouraged him to do YouTube. And then ever since he came out with his first video, I was just hooked. And, and then that's, that's the short of the story, you know? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, the work is fascinating. I've seen I've seen a few of Dr. Morse's videos. I mean, I I love uh, the information that he shares and the way he shares it. He also delivers it with a, a spiritual aspect to it, which which resonates with me as well. But now the stuff that you've seen, though, I mean, the stuff that you're able to to bring people back from, with just like a change in the diet, is amazing. Is it? Um, do you find it it's easy to get people to to follow a program? now and when they like when they get to you i would imagine people are kind of like at their wits end like they want a, a final answer is that kind well, of 50 50 or well it really depends on the individual you know and and how open they are to trying new things that they've never tried before you know and also how big is their why on why they want to you know get healthier and have a a more conscious aware lifestyle you know and and so you know, trying to deal with people like, you know, working and helping my parents at their health food store, it was really hard, you know, talking to people in there about 
this level of healing and and um and using herbs and fasting and fruits and all those things because we I'm from central Alabama and uh and it was because they were coming in there to not look for that kind of advice. They're coming in there looking for uh, just a, a pill or a supplement or what I call a Band-Aid, you know. And so trying to yeah. tell someone about something that, you know, was not what they were coming in there for, it was really challenging because that's it's like, you know, trying to get people to buy produce in our store. It was hard to get them to buy produce because they were used to coming in there for supplements, vitamins, and minerals and things like that, you know. So I learned that I just need to try to connect with like-minded people and people that are searching for for people that will help them with this lifestyle online. And so then that's when I I create created my Facebook group, uh, Journey to Wellville, and I I just started really connecting with everyone in the community because I've been talking to all of the Dr. Morris followers in all the communities since pretty much after they started them. I mean, it was like 2013, I think, 2013, 2014. And, uh, you know, and so it was just much easier connecting with people that actually had a desire to do more than what normal people do in our Western-based societies uh, for yeah. their health, you know. And so that's when it became much easier, and I started finding people that were much easier to you know, use this advice to help them to really improve their health, you know. Can, can you share with, with the listeners some of the uh, potential, like, benefits that come from, like, a, a change in the diet or, like, following a fruit diet or even just, well, basically, yeah, just basically taking, taking that, that necessary diet, the benefits that come from that? Well, I mean, the, the list is never-ending because it really depends on how far the individual wants to go with improving their life because the longer you do it, the more it starts to create stronger genetics. And then yeah. that really starts to um, help the person. But what I discovered is one of the biggest things helping people in this community is that a lot of times it's... Uh, it's hard for people to wrap their mindset around this kind of living because it's so different than normal. So really what it comes down to is that people end up having to work more on the mental, spiritual, and emotional sides of their health and their well-being than even the physical. You know, and that's a lot yeah. of times, too, what the cause of the physical dis disorders and things are. So, man, there can be, oh, a huge long list of all kind of things that can be improved. You know, it just really... When you give your body what it needs and you really help to clean out the buildup of waste that's clogging the lymphatic system and the other eliminative channels, then, you know, miracles and miraculous things start to happen, you know, because you're just really helping the body to be able to recover, you know, the best it can from that condition, you know. So, so there's, I mean, there's just so many things that I've seen. I, I had a, one of my clients, she was a lady and she, um, she had a cyst on her ovary, and uh, she, the doctor, she had had a, a hysterectomy and all the procedure, and she only had one ovary left, and uh, she didn't want to lose it. And she told, she told um, the doctor that she didn't want to lose it, and they were like, well, it could rupture, and then you could die, you know, and so they were scaring her. And then she was a part of our community, and then someone told her to get in touch with me, and she had not transitioned yet away from the animal-based products and things like that and, and coffee and and so I, I told her in her situation, you know, she, it would be best for her to go on a juice cleanse. And I normally wouldn't ex advise that to someone that's just trying to transition away from animal products. But she was in 
a dire situation, you know, and that's what we always talk about in our communities is sometimes you have to just really go for it when you're in a dire situation. But she started doing it. She started juicing. She started taking the herbs. She started cleaning out her colon. She started using a Hillal tea enemas, which is a tea that Dr. Moore sells. She started douching with it. And then she started having big chunks of mucus and other trash coming out of her bowels and her uh, vagina too. And she said that she, more and more that that came out, the more her pain went down. And then she went back to the doctor after three months and the doctor said, you don't have no cysts anymore, they're gone. She completely dissolved them away, but, but it didn't stop there. It totally changed her whole life. It changed her life, how she interacts with her family and her husband and everything. I mean, she's a totally changed person now, you know? Yeah, I know that's amazing. I mean, it has a physiological effect on the body. That's right. On all of our bodies, as Dr. Moore says, you know, we have like five different bodies and then we have a, a soul, which is our true self. We have a, a mental body, an emotional body, a physical body, a, a spiritual body. You know, we have all these different types of who we are and normal medical association or doctors or scientists, they want us to think that we just have one physical body, you know, and so... And so that's that's why we have to understand we're so much more than just this physical body. You know, we're we're our spirit having a human experience and this is just our vehicle, you know. And and so when we start to think of it that way, we're like, wow, okay, well, how do I take care of the vehicle so that my spirit can soar? You know, that's the beauty thing of it. You know, really beautiful part of it is that, you know, we can do so much more than we're limited to do because of, you know, the world's conditioning, you know, to say it in the nicest way I can, you know. How do you how do you recommend people start to uh, to change their their diet? What what things would you how do you recommend somebody that's getting started to uh, somebody that's just you know that's asking for like um just bits and pieces? They're not trying to get aggressive with it. They're just trying to make small changes to make that, that slow adjustment. Yeah. How do you people do that? Is there a way to do that? Yes. Yeah. I I get you, and I totally understand. I have people that come to me all the time like that. And yeah. what what I do is I have to I have to have a, a health assessment with them is that I get them to fill out a health questionnaire. And then uh, I also do the iridology with them. And what that helps me to do it. And then, of course, also I talk to them, too. And what I do with all that information is it helps me to really see what is putting a lot of stress or a lot of pressure on their life. And if it's um, a too much fear, worry, anxiety, and stress, then they have to address that first, even before they can start to talk to work on the physical body with the diet and, and detoxing and all of that. Because when you start to do those things with the physical body, it starts to bring up old emotional feelings and traumas and dramas from our past. It starts to come to the surface because it's trying to help to let them go, you know, like bring them up and let them go. And that can be really challenging for people when they're when they're already in an, an emotional state currently in their life. So that's why a lot of times people have to find that emotional balance and mental balance and not be worrying and having so much fear so much, you know, and then that helps them to start to, to work on other areas of their life that they can improve. So really it just depends on the individual. You know, I, everyone's a little different, so we all have you know, different needs that we have to address. But I find the things that are causing the most acidity to their body because, or their spirit too, because, you know, even negative emotions, uh, feelings and mental state and traumas, those are acid just as much as the wrong type of foods that are acid. 
And so we have to try to help people to learn how to move over to an alkaline-based lifestyle in all areas, even their environments, even where they work, even, you know, all these different things as much as possible. You know, I understand some things are, you know, not easy for people to avoid, but I'm just saying the more we're aware of it, then we can at least have a different mindset about how we handle it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's wonderful information. And it's like, <clears throat> it's the external stuff too that uh, I know that you address as well. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm, anyway, I'm talking about like stuff like uh, toxic chemicals and stuff like that, cleaners. Yeah. You know, there are the shampoos and products like that that we use too that kind of get in there can kind of complicate the system, right? That's right. It, chemical exposure is a big one in our world, you know, and, and that's why I explain to people that, you know, even if you're not ready to change your diet and your lifestyle, you can at least start to work on how much chemicals you you allow your body to be exposed to by cleaning up your products around your home, not only that you clean your home with, but also that you use your beauty care products, all these different things that we can be exposed to that are chemicals. And so that's something right there that everyone should not have any problem, you know, at least cleaning it up, you know, because, I mean, sometimes people think, oh, well, the clean products are so much more expensive than these cheaper ones. Yeah, but you got to throw the health factor in there too, you know, and, and uh, so it's really, it's an investment in your health, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know that you uh you also do gardening, don't right? I, you were sharing something on your post about a um, a goji berry tree. Yeah, yeah, I, I do dabble some with gardening. I have some raised beds, and and I have three acres here, and I have an acre pond, and and so I I love to play around with those things as much as I can. I I would love to get into doing more and stuff, but I'm just continuing to learn. I've been experimenting with trying to grow some dwarf papayas uh, lately. And uh, I've been trying to see if I could grow them in my climate to where they could actually ripen up and produce me some fruit. And, and they're loaded out there. I have two trees. They're loaded. But I'm just not going to have a long enough window of warm temperature for them to start ripening. So I'm going to just wait probably until I get me a greenhouse because, you know, uh, that's when it'll really pay off for me. But it was, it's been fun, though, experimenting and playing with these things. I've been growing my own pineapples. I've been... Uh, just you know, d dabbling with a few different things just to have the fun of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like the your gardening is limited. Well, with some of the tropicals, of course, because we're, I'm in central Alabama, so it does still get freezing here, you know. But we we grow a lot of annuals that we grow every year in our, our raised beds, you know, um, just different all different kinds of standard stuff. Like we have a little bit of fall and winter crops out there now, you know, like some. Uh, some cabbages, some uh, some kale, some uh, some lettuces that we're st still eating from the uh, fall weather. Um, so we we try to grow a variety of different things, grow tomatoes and watermelons, and you know a lot of those things. We just we have fun with it. It gives us a a reason to be outside more. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what other projects do you have going on right now too? I know that I've seen you actually. You're a pretty busy person. So again, I thank you again for your time. But I know you've got, you have three, like three rooms on, more than three rooms on Clubhouse? No, I, I help one of my friends on Clubhouse. I'm just a, a member of her group. Uh, she Her group is called the Raw and Whale group. Um, and then I'm a member of a few of the other um, detox groups and stuff, and I talk to some friends in there. But I don't have a group currently in, um, in Clubhouse. I've thought about it, but I'm trying to get back to doing more on my Facebook group, too. But 
eventually I would like to switch over uh, and do things on other, you know, um, uh, outlets, you know, that aren't as censored, you know, these days, you know. <laughs> so I'm looking into that too, you know, to finding other outlets that I can uh, that I can reach people as well, you know. The information that you're sharing gets censored? Oh, most certainly. Of course it does because it goes against the medical associations, you know, uh, uh, methods of making huge products. I mean, huge profits. That's what I was trying to say, huge profits. But, uh, you know, and it's, it's really sad these days with how much censoring is going on, you know, because they're, they don't like that we're having so much awareness on how to take care of ourselves better than ever, you know, these days. Because even my own mom and dad's health food store, we've had a huge influx of people coming in and getting natural products to help them with everything that's been going on. And, you know, the, again, the medical association don't like that. You know, that's why we hear all the time in my parents' health food store, you know, that they're trying, they're always trying to do something to take away our, uh, our availability with the herbs and the supplements and all those things because they compete with the pharmaceuticals so much, you know. Um, but there's so many organizations and groups that protect our rights to have access to those that that's why they haven't been able to do anything so far. But, but yeah, so, I mean, it, it gets that way sometimes, especially when you have these big billion-dollar industries that, you know, that's why I find it very ironic. We won't go down this rabbit hole of course, because I don't, you know, it gets so controversial with people. But, but you know, honestly, if they were really worried about our health, they would be telling us a lot more things to do to help ourselves than what they've been doing currently. And then also I've said, you know, why, why are you worried about some little cold or flu when there's so many people dying of heart attacks and cancer and all of that? You know, that should be the, the real thing that we should be worried about, not some, not just your standard flu that only kills such a small percentage of people or makes them sick, you know, and it, it's just sad because I think we need a shift in our priorities. That's all I was saying, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. <clears throat> I appreciate that. What does your self-care look like as of these days? I know you said you were, you kind of had a, an issue with weight once upon a time. Yeah, I've, I've, just maintained a, a lifestyle that helps me to to stay in the best shape that I can. I uh, still, of course, I eat all plants and and I still uh, do uh, periodical detoxing. And uh, but sometimes when I'm not detoxing and I've been working a lot on remodeling my house and I've been just uh, really busy lately. That you know sometimes I eat you know too too heavy amounts of seeds and nuts and some things that can you know start to bring a little weight back on but then immediately I know what it is and so then all I have to do is just detox or just cut back on those things and then I'm able to easily maintain my weight you know and yeah and uh and then the biggest thing I do to help my health the most is I try to have a never ending state of gratitude and appreciation you know because that really helps me to to look at things you know, more positively in, in life, and uh, but at the same time, allow myself to feel all emotions, you know, because sometimes we can be overly positive as well, you know, so we just have to find the ways to be, to keep ourselves in balance, and I think that takes daily awareness and, and reminding ourselves on the things that are really important for us in our lives, you know, so, so that's a big one that I do, because, you know, if we don't have love and we don't have gratitude for our lives, then you know, what's truly health without those things, you know, because, you know, you won't have the day-to-day -day motivation to keep doing what you're doing, you know, if you don't have gratitude and appreciation and love, you know, yeah. or at least that's the way I view it, you know. Yeah. 
No, no, I agree. I agree. It'd be a long, miserable uh, stretch of life there. Yeah, because a lot of people you see on these days, the reason why they don't take care of their self is because they don't have those things. So they're like, well, what's the point? You know, I'm just going to keep parting it up, you know, because they don't have enough self-love or they don't have enough care, you know, because, you know, if we really did, then we would remember that, you know, hey, we're going to get out of life what we put into it. And, you know, and if we just, yeah. if we don't have any self-discipline sometimes, then, you know, we can really let ourselves go and, and all of us have been there probably in some way or another, but, but, you know, we just have to become more aware on what's going on and just remember that sometimes it's the small things that add up, you know, to big things. So it's just little small things you can do every day that will add up over time. You know? Yes. Now your diet, is your diet all raw right now? Yes, I have been all raw this year. Um, during the winter time last year, we were eating some cooked foods and stuff, you know, um, because, you know, just different reasons. But, of course, I still keep it to all plants. You know, it's just sometimes uh, in the past I've been challenged with your your potatoes and a little bit of rice and stuff like that, you know. And But I do feel so much better when I'm on all raw. And, and that's what I promote mostly because it's the best healing healing program that we can be on with our with our eating you know yeah yes yeah what about the uh, the fruit do you do the fruit as well like fruit fast and things like that oh yeah that's always a real big one we do juice cleansing we love to uh we're actually getting ready to do some juicing and uh, we're trying to get us some grapes and some other things from the wholesale uh produce companies that we get our food from sometimes um, but we're, uh, yeah, we love to do that. And I love doing all fruit fast and I've done several of those and, and uh, I love to sometimes juice greens in with our, our fruits too. I mostly love the fruit juices, but my girlfriend likes to put a little celery sometimes and some of the, especially the wild greens that we have are growing around our home and in, in our juices, you know, so, yes. you know, yeah. And, and I also, I like to uh, wild harvest a lot of the herbs that grow around my property. And I, I'm real big on, on, you know, like finding those wild foods and herbs and things because they're so much more powerful than our conventionally grown, you know, uh, products or, or food, fruits and vegetables or, or herbs. You know? Yeah, yeah no, so you do grow most of your own, a lot of your own stuff. A lot of it, but we don't, we don't, not all of it, because, you know, we, some of the stuff we can't grow around here, um, like we'll still get mangoes sometimes, especially the, the Keat and the Kent mangoes that uh, are available. Some of them, they come from Mexico. Some of them, they come from, you know, uh, you know different places in, in South America. Um, and we just do the best we can with what we can get out there. And, and sometimes we get some, some good melons that they have uh, during this time of year. And I, and I will, I mean, during the summer months and we will um, go to the farmer's market as much as we can and get fr fresh stuff that we have available there. You know, uh, just the other day I was at um, Sam's, uh, just a wholesale company, and they had yellow dragon fruit. And I was like, wow, that, you know, we don't see that very often. And then we bought a couple of them to try them, you know, because they were from Ecuador. Um, and uh, we tr bought a couple of them to try them first, and they were really delicious. So we went back and bought some more, you know. So we... We just really go around our local area and just try to find whatever's available and then just, you know, and then some of the things, if we can grow it real good, then we will. Like we, we're into growing persimmons because persimmons grow good around our area. And we really love persimmons. And we also have know some farmers around here that grow them and we can go and pick them, you know, fresh from them. And we really love that because part of, 
having a good relationship with your food is you want to learn how to pick it and, and grow it and have like this good relationship with it. You know, it's not just yeah. about just buying it in a store and just bring it home. You know, it's like it's understanding all the other components to, you know, uh, eating our living foods, you know. So what about things like squash and potatoes, things that are usually cooked? Do you forego those or do you have those in their raw state? Well, I have um, juiced some sweet potatoes uh, before. Um, you know, I think the first time I did it, I didn't wash them well enough, so it still had a little bit of a dirty dirt taste. But um, but I I have juiced those before. Um, but mostly I like to just juice fruits and vegetables and not the, the root crop vegetables. But now the squashes, oh, we love zucchini noodles, and uh, sometimes we will steam some vegetables too as well during the winter time because that's better than your than your like your potatoes and your rice of course things that are real starchy like that you know but but most of the time we like to just keep it to the fruits and vegetables and some nuts and seeds you know i just have to be careful with those because i can get, go crazy with it if i don't control myself you know <laughs> yes i hear you i hear you now what about uh, any kind of meditation oh yeah I, I love meditation i i also love deep breathing you know it's it's i i try to combine them both together because i do them at the same time um is i'll practice the deep breathing to kind of get me prepared for the meditating and then i do different forms of meditating i do a simple form of meditating where i just sit there and i just focus on my breath that way i'm not thinking crazy other thoughts and stuff and i also do a type of meditation called the heart math meditation it's from a great book called the heart math solution or the heart math method and uh it's a way of harnessing the power of our heart to help heal our bodies you know and uh it's really interesting it's very amazing it's, so you know i do different techniques like that yeah I'm, i i experiment and dabble with all of those just to see where it takes me and then I strongly suggest it to my clients too in certain situations because I have not found anything that works as good as deep breathing and meditation for stress and anxiety. I mean, really, it's helped so much, especially the deep breathing because, man, that's the reason why a lot of people have too much stress and anxiety is because they don't breathe properly. I mean, that's the honest answer. And it's also because a lot of people don't, they overlook that part. They always think about, I need to add more vitamins, minerals, or nutrients, or something like that. But they never stop and think, what if my whole life I never learned how to breathe properly? You know, because that's why you see so many people that they have lower lung weaknesses. And they, they say, well, every time I try to breathe properly, I get dizzy or lightheaded. And I'm like, that's a sign that you have a lung weakness. And so you have to work through that. You know, you have to you know, build, it's like anything else, you know, you have to build that body up from being, that part of the body up from being real weak, you know, and it just takes, takes practice, because that was the same thing for me too, but when, when I kept doing it and kept going with it, and especially when I started getting consistent with it, it was just like working out, you know, and, and man, it was amazing, I mean, it was, it was truly life-changing, when I practiced, I practiced deep breathing consistently for, I think, a month or two, one time, and I still do it occasionally now, but I need to get back into it doing it more frequently again because, man, anything you do when you do it consistent, you really see more benefits from it. So so that's yeah. when I really noticed, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, and it was because I, I got into Wim Hof, and, you know, I haven't gotten into his, <laughs> his cold water therapy a lot, but I've definitely yeah. gotten into his breathing, you know. 
Yeah. You know, I I want to do that the cold the cold uh, the cold water treatment next. But no, I hear you. I, I have played with that myself, and I I do like that. That is like a, a really interesting uh, interesting breathing uh, kind of technique when you start to uh, use it. You know, the, the the feeling that comes from it. I was surprised myself. That's right, and it's because. Did you know that deep breathing, it helps to regulate our blood pressure, our heart rate, our basal temperature? You know, it just helps regulate so many things because it's, it's called rhythmic breathing. And see, a lot of people breathe erratic, you know, and so they don't breathe yeah. in a proper rhythmic way. And then that gets all of their systems out of whack, you know. And so that's one reason why people's nervous system and all these things, that's another reason why they're so unbalanced, you know. Yes, no, absolutely. I agree. I always share that with people, too, that it's like, you know, if you're breathing shallow like that, you're, you're not getting enough oxygen to the brain there. It's like you're going to you're going to have some stuff going on quirky, you know, that's right. And and think, not yeah. not having enough oxygen available to the body. That's that's a really big one, you know, and that's again, that's one that's greatly overlooked, you know, because we all the time think of other things we need, but we don't think about, you know, and that's that also goes back to why I encourage people to get outdoors uh, so much is because they need to get out there where they can breathe some fresh air, you know, and yeah. because truly all these people that we live in cities, you know, and stuff, we're just we're not exposed to enough living air, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we've really put ourselves in like an artificial kind of situation. That's right. And do not go too deep down the rabbit hole, but to touch on it slightly is that was created by design. You know, they, they encouraged more and more people to get away from the rural living where they grew their own foods and they lived in bigger family communities and uh, they wanted to move into the, the um, neighborhoods with tiny little yards where they can't even grow a garden and then they spend their time mowing the grass when that's such a waste of time, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, it really is. when We should really do away with grass and just have gardens or either food forests, you know. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. It, it just makes sense, you know. It just makes so much sense. There's just so much. Uh, well, yeah. Let's, well, we won't go down that rabbit hole, like you said. But um, let let me let me uh, ask you about fasting. What, what? How do you feel about fasting? Is that something you do? Oh yes, sir. I love fasting. I've done, uh, like I said, I've done juice fasting. I've done water fasting. I've done some dry fasting, and you know, I love fasting because. It's not only physical purification, but it's spiritual and mental purification. And every single culture in the entire world has considered in their history uh, fasting very important, you know, because it's also what animals do in the wild, you know. And so it's quite natural. It's just we've become a society of consumers, and they want us to think that missing a meal is like starving yourself. And so... To a lot of people, they literally think it's starving. They don't understand that it's really an internal mechanism that the body recognizes very easily because it was a built-in system of purification and cleansing. It's just people have let their bodies and their generations have gotten so degraded that most people, they would have to do a lots of work to be able to get their self to where they could do more of that type of fasting, you know, because, you know, when they try to come just straight from a standard, you know, Western-based lifestyle straight to that kind of level of fasting, it can, it can break free and stir up too much trash all at once, and that can greatly overwhelm people, as well as emotions and feelings as well, you know. Yeah, so, so it's much better to do these things in a gradual, 
gradual way. You know, spend spend some time first, you know, getting more used to eating just fruits and vegetables at front if you're coming from a standard based lifestyle. And then uh, work your way up to doing some juice fasting and those kind of things when you feel like you're ready. Well, excuse me, let me back up. You would do the fruit fasting after you did just eating some fruits and vegetables. And then after you've done some fruit fasting for a while, then move up to the juice fasting. And then after you've done juice fasting for a while and got your body used to not eating any solid foods, then you can move into practicing some water fasting. But, of course, to put out a little, you know, disclaimer out there for people listening is, of course, that depends on each individual's uh, health conditions or health situation, you know, because I can't give that basic information out to everyone because some people, it would take them, like I said before, quite a lot of work to get even where they're ready to even do a juice fast or an all-fruit fast, much less water, you know, yeah. Yes. So what about somebody who's diabetic? Can they fast? Well, they can, but we first have to understand what causes diabetes. See, uh, from my research, a great plant-based doctor called Dr. Neil Bernard, he wrote a book called Reversing Diabetes Naturally. And he explained, you can watch his videos on YouTube, he explains that diabetes is caused from too much fat accumulation in the body. He explains that when you start to have so much fat that builds up in the body, it starts to get intracellular. What they call it, they call it intracellular lipids or intromyocellular lipids is the full word. And what it just means is fat is inside the cells. And what it does is it blocks the insulin from allowing the receptor site to allow the sugar to come into the cell. And because it's like, he explained, it's kind of like chewing gum blocking the, the key uh, hole for for the insulin is which is the key to open up the door to yeah. let the sugar come to the cell and so one in a person like that is that they have to do lots of things to help clean up those deposits of fat but they also have to stop feeding the fire and eating all those saturated fats and animal fats and uh, and dairy and also the oil oils you know like fried foods and things like that and then once they start cleaning all that up and then they start breaking all that fat up in the body then their blood sugar is going to naturally balance out, you know, on its own. Now, that's type 2, of course. Type 1 is a little bit different. But uh, but that's how simple it is, again, for, for type 2 diabetes. It's just really from their dietary lifestyle. And so once they change that and they start cleaning up the body, then after just a matter of a couple weeks or a month, you know, they'll start to see great improvements with their blood sugar, you know, levels. Yeah. Yes. In your experience, have you seen type 1 be reversed through diet? Well, it depends on on the individual again, because I've I've heard lots of people share their testimonials with type one diabetes, and you know some people they develop type one diabetes after a major trauma or abuse in their life. You know, um, yeah. that's that's what actually Marcy from Doctor Morris used to work with Doctor Morris. She actually shared that with all of us. You know, um, in class. So that's why I was I was mentioning her name. You know, normally I wouldn't mention somebody's private information like that, but she already told us all publicly that that's what she thinks made it where she developed type one diabetes when she was younger. Is that she had some of those hardships in life, and and we when we were at class and she shared that, some other people had said that they they had had similar experiences. You know, and some people yeah. are able to reverse that, 
and then some people it's it's harder but it also depends some people have more genetic weaknesses in their pancreas than other people so sometimes it can be more challenging in that situation too so it just really again it depends on the individual you know yeah are there can you share a few more cases with us with us, uh, with us basically uh, don't, not necessarily names but just kind of situations where you've seen a, a just a turnaround in the person's health as a result of the change in their diet because i mean it's to me i've just i've seen i've seen the results of a lot of uh, the, the work that you do uh, not firsthand necessarily but like with this with with this particular work that that you're discussing here and um i just know the the amount of like like you said miraculous things that can happen from this i mean people can actually come back from the dead in, in this kind of like approach to a to just basically a, a having that food as your medicine you know that's right that's right yeah i can give you another story um i had this guy that i knew he was uh from england and uh, he had chronic diarrhea IBS since he was 15 years old. And he was in his mid-40s when I was helping him. And uh, he had not only uh, a, a constant problem with having, you know, diarrhea bad, but he also had a lot of fear behind it, too. Because every time he left his house, he was worried about having an accident, you know, in his pants. Yeah. And and I, I started helping him. I started helping him to you know, change his diet. We worked together about six months or so. Um, and he, uh, he started having lots of progress, you know, cause he was doing the diet. He was taking the herbs. He was taking the, uh, the herbs to help clean out his bowels. And he started getting a lot of trash out of his bowels. And he was like, wow, Thad, after all these years of diarrhea, how am I getting out so much trash out of my bowels? And, and I'm like, well, it's built up on the walls and it's built up in there and it's crust. It's got real crusty, even though you have been having diarrhea all this time. And and he just he just kept on having progress. But I also explained to him though. I said I said Aaron, you got to let go of the fear. You have to let go of the fear because the fear is is what's causing part of your condition. Because I explained to him how fear and strong emotions can affect the state of the bowels. You know, and uh, he I gave him some great books, or I told him some great books to read and some things like that. And he started practicing that, and then he told me one day he had a breakthrough. He said, he said, Dad, I was out away from my house, and this was after a few months of him having progress, and he had already made a lot of progress with it. But he was out away from his house, and he said, Dad, all of a sudden I started having fear that I was going to have an accident. And he said, but I stopped myself, and I closed my eyes, and I said, no, Aaron, it's okay. It's just you're just being scared. And he said, as soon as he said it was okay, the sensation went away. And he realized in that moment, like I was telling him months before, that half of his condition was mental as well as the physical. And so when he started changing his mindset on top of the diet and and uh, to using the herbs and all that, man, it really made a difference. And because I told him, I said. I said, Aaron, if I was you, I would just, I would say to myself, it's okay if you have an accident because, I mean, that's part of the healing process. You have to be okay with it, you know, and, and I said, even if it helps you, if, if it helps you to wear some adult diapers when you go out just so that you don't have the fear, then if you have to do that, do that, you know, just because anything's better than having that fear because the fear, it's, it's so much of a cause for so many con people's condition. Because you're literally telling your body that, you know, hey, I'm terrified, I'm scared. And so that really, it, it puts a great dampening on the body's ability to recover from those conditions. And that had been what was going on for him ever since he was a young, you know, 15-year-old, you know, lad, as they would say, you know. 
But um, so that's a that's one example that I can give that he helped heal his body not only from the physical things he was doing, but from the mental rewiring and letting go of those old program thoughts. You know, so that's why we say what Dr. Morris educated us on is he educated us to be holistic practitioners. That means helping an individual mentally, emotionally, spiritually, as well as physically, because they're all important, because they all make up who we are. You know, and so that's again why. We have to see that. We have to be comfortable enough to be real with ourselves. We have to understand when we have these conditions and these problems, and we have to, you know, to own them and understand by by accepting that we have that, and then we empower ourselves to say, well, if I created this for my lifestyle, then I can unwind it and I can change it, you know, and then that way we don't have to keep playing the victim role, you know, because that's what happens to a lot of people is they think, oh, I'm just a victim and they can't let go of their condition because they keep thinking, you know, that that's just their what they're, the card that they've been dealt with in life, you know, and that's it's sad to, you know, to see people in that state of mind because that's so not true. I mean, if you if you take someone that is never happy, and you get them to repeat to themselves, I am happy for a whole month straight. At the end of that month, they're going to be happier than they were when they started. And some people would say, well, that's just a manner of brainwashing. Well, it's no, <laughs> it's brain reprogramming. Because, see, probably for the first several days, he didn't believe himself. But then the more he kept yeah. saying it, it kept reprogramming the subconscious. Because the conscious thoughts program the subconscious. So we have to first have awareness on the thoughts we're having. And then we have to be cautious, you know, on what thoughts we're continuing to program the subconscious with. Because, you know, your thoughts are power, your thoughts are energy, and they will create your reality if you keep thinking something that's not conducive for health and healing, you know. Yeah. Do you have have one more? Um, Let's see. Let me think. Um, uh, Just one more. What's that? Just one more, please. Yeah. Sorry, Doctor. Uh, those two are some of the biggest ones. Uh, I guess one more that I could think of is uh, a lady that she was from Mexico, and, and she had uh, great progress with uh, losing weight and, and um, uh, using the herbs and, um, and just doing the best she could considering that she was from Mexico and it was hard sometimes for her to get certain herbs. But it totally, yeah. it totally transformed, her, transformed her life, and she looks like a totally different person now. And she's helping the Mexican and Spanish community so much, and that you know it feels so good to help someone and see them go on and and make such a difference in the world, you know. So that's those are some of the stories that I have that it makes me continue to do what I do because I just truly want to see people have the best quality of life that they can have, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely, I agree with you on that. Um, now, what is your your Facebook page about the uh, journey to Wellville? What, well, what do people go on there and share do? Well, you can share that with the guests. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. It's it's mostly based around the teachings of Dr. Morris, but we also talk about other teachings from other people that align with Dr. Morris's uh, teachings, of course. And so we're just we're really just talking about anything that can help us to you know um, to improve our quality of our life using all these things we're talking about today. You know, so. That's what it was. It was an inspiration from from Dr. Morris's teaching, and it was something that I wanted to create to connect with people because that's really helped me to be of good service to people. Is having my own group, you know, and that was another reason why I created it. Is I just wanted 
you know, to establish some followers and some people that would benefit from my services. And also I could have a group of people we could talk about these things, you know, and, and I'm, I'm really good about trying to, uh, um, monitor the group and keep it from getting too uh out there where you have a lot of other conflicting modalities and things that you know make people <laughs> yeah. confused sometimes and and yeah. that's what that's what some of the other larger dr morris groups um are having a problem with and so that's one thing that i try to do really well as much as i possibly can is just try to create a really good environment in a group for people to come and connect and they don't have to you know, worry about a lot of people being in there that are saying things that go against, you know, these things that we do, you know, and talk about, you know. Yeah. Can, can you, uh, can you name those rooms uh, one more time here for people listening so they can check those out too? The, the only, you're involved in? the only room that I have on Facebook is journey to Wellville. It's just like what Dr. Morris would always say in his videos, journey to Wellville. So if you just type that in, but I also have an Instagram, this is the night, same name. Uh, I have a face, I mean, a YouTube channel, but I don't create a lot of YouTubes uh, very often just because I'm busy, but I would love to still do that. I just got to get back into it, you know. Um, uh, so, yeah, that, those are my main things, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, and YouTube. Um, and then I do talk to friends on Clubhouse, but I don't have a, a room in Clubhouse, not yet at least, because it's kind of new to me. I've only been talking with everyone for the last couple months, you know, in the Clubhouse. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're coming off like a seasoned pro, my friend. <laughs> no, you do. Uh, you, you do an incredible show that I love. I love listening to you. So yeah, if you can uh, check them out on there, it's what is it? Um, what is the name of the other Raw and Wellness? It's called Raw and Whale. Just Raw, Raw and Whale. Yeah, and and uh, that's that is one. And then I also talk to them sometime in these other detox group uh, groups. You know, like. Um, you know, there's different ones on the face, I mean, on Clubhouse, but uh, I can't think of the other names right now. I think it's, yeah, Raw and Wells, the main one that I'm in there with one of my uh, fellow friends that she's a graduate from Dr. Morse as well from his, uh, and also I list, I'm a part of a group called Detox Lifestyle. That's another group. And Holistic Herbal Living, you know, those are some of the, uh, the groups that I talk to all of my friends in there sometimes. Uh, you know, and listen to them. And sometimes they'll invite me and come in there and talk with people, talk with them all and answer questions too, you know. Now you keep a very busy schedule. Oh, well, I enjoy it. I live every day and just get to live my life the way I want to, you know. And that's a, another reason why I encourage people because today, this day and age, you know, we can, we can have freedom. We don't have to have a job that we're locked down to, that we have to work five days a week and only have the weekend off. You know, we, we have so much freedom these days to be able to create something where we can have more opportunity to do the real things in life that we really want to do, you know, because I mean, it saddens my heart. I have so many friends and family members that they're just so locked down to their job that they just don't have time to do a lot of these things that, you know, we should be able to have time to do. You know, like me and Kaylee, my girlfriend, we love to go out in the, in the woods and go camping and hiking and doing all these things. And some, sometimes we'll stay three or four days or maybe five days, you know, and uh, it just depends <laughs> yeah. on, on how long our food and our supplies last. But my point is, is that, you know, a lot of people can't afford to do that. And, and man, when, when you're able to free up your lifestyle and you have enough time to do that, and you can find something that can create financial stability for you and still allow you to have a lot of free time, then please go for it and do it. Because trust me, you'll be thanking yourself that you did. You know, because you'll have so much more time in your life. Because one thing I want people to realize that's so true is 
you know, health is our greatest wealth, but time is more how we manage our time, even though time is an illusion, you know, there's only the eternal now, but how we yeah. spend that eternal now is the most valuable thing you have because you're never going to get back yesterday. You're never going to get back the last hour. So you might as well just do it doing what you love, you know? And so every day I wake up and I'm happy to continue doing what I love, you know, because I feel like I'm creating good energy for my well-being. What I mean by that is kind of like karma, you know, the, the more, or we reap what you sow, you know, whatever name you want to call it, because the more we do things to be of service to others, the more that comes back to us and blesses us in ways that we never and that's what I learned being a part of my parents' health food store. And then I kept having so many people that were saying, man, Thad, you, sh you have a great way of talking with people because I've always had the, the uh, blessing or the gift of being able to yeah. communicate with people. And uh, they would say, you ought to be a coach or you ought to you know, help people and stuff. And I heard them say that for years and years before I ever did something about it. You know, and then when I finally went for it, I was so glad that I did because I just like connecting with people. I just like to talk, you know. I, I enjoy talking about real things that helps us not just what we call fluff or just surface talk. You know, I like to get deep with people and really talk about things that really helps us to think outside the box and, and really help us to really, you know, get the most out of life, you know, because I don't want to be one of those people that look back when I'm old and say, damn, I wish I'd have done more. You know, I want to say, man, I had such a great time, you know. And uh, that, that helps me to feel fulfilled and happy with the way I choose to live my life, you know. And that's what I want for others, too, is I don't want them to have any regrets when they get older. I want them to say that, hey, I went for it, and I lived my life the best I could, and I'm happy with that. You know, that way, you know, their families can be happy, too, because, you know, they, they would have benefited from them making that choice, you know. So so that's that's what I, I wish for people, too, you know, because time management and, and our health, is the best things that we can do for ourselves because that way that we, you know, live the, our lives the way that we want to, not working for someone else, you know. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're no, still I, there. Yeah. I'll just make sure. <laughs> yeah. You hear rustling? Oh, no, not too bad. I was, that's one reason why I didn't hear you there for a minute, you know. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Now, I had a question about colloidal silver. I, I heard you mention that. I saw. I think I saw you on a, a video where you were talking about that. Is that one of your go-tos as far as something to have in your medicine cabinet for you? Well, colloidal silver is a um, it's a controversial topic because of different reasons and a controversial subject because it is using a metal, you know. Um, but what it is is what I like to have it around my home for and what I uh, recommend people to use it in some special situations is in, in place of using any kind of an antibiotic. You know, like if, if, they, if someone said, hey, this situation is so dire, i got to find something, you know, because I can't use herbs and those kind of things because it's not helping, then colloidal silver might could save some people's lives sometimes, you know. And so that's kind of way I, what I have it in my medicine cabinet for is just for like emergencies or something, you know. Um, but because there's lots of great herbs and essential oils and stuff like that that will do similar to colloidal silver as far as sterilizing, you know, and uh, and helping like like a natural antibiotic. But uh, but yeah, normally though, I don't really talk a lot about it because it is still it will still contribute to a metal buildup in your body. I guess if you did it too much. 
and that's another reason why we we don't use it in our normal protocols and and uh, i don't really tell people to use it all the time it's just only certain situations like if a person had a greatly compromised immune system because they've been on immune suppressant drugs and they kept getting sepsis or or infections and they kept having to go to the doctor for antibiotics then in that case using a little bit of colloidal silver and some and other herbs and things to help boost the immunity, that's going to be better than taking antibiotics. So that's why I'm giving examples that that's why in some situations it can come into play. But the only colloidal silver that I recommend people to use is the kind that's not electrocuted. Normal, normal process, the way they make colloidal silver is they have to hook some electrical uh, wires to silver rods and then they suspend it down in water or the colloidal solution. That's what colloidal means. And it's a suspended in a, a solution. And they shock the uh, silver and it makes little tiny particles of silver fall off and it gets into the water. Well, there's, there's one brand that we sell at my parents' health food store that's way better quality and it's way better product and it hasn't been shocked by electricity. They just take very, very fine, high-quality silver and they pulverize it down to extremely small particle sizes when that's what the PPM means, particles per million, and then they, they make a product out of it doing it that way. That way it's not, it's not shocked silver you know but see the reason why they always did it that way is because there wasn't these um the technology out where they could pulverize it down fine enough you know and see the i guess the electrolysis was able to do it in small tiny particles but like i said it's not as good because it's been electrocuted you know? yeah so now <clears throat> i know that uh, do your parents still have the uh the health was it a health food store or a vitamin store this is a health food. We it's called a health food store, but it has vitamins, minerals, supplements, uh, and some healthy foods, beauty, natural beauty care products, natural home cleaning products, you know, things like that. It's it's called Fountain City Health Foods. It's in Central Alabama. Very nice. And then with with supplements, I have a question about supplements for you. Where how how do you feel about supplements? I mean, I know there's a lot out there, and there's a lot of um, a lot of not so good ones out there. Well, supplements supplements are great for people that are trying to transition away from using pharmaceutical medications. Uh, but that's really all that supplements are good for because a supplement is, um, is an isolated chemistry. It's a form of isolated chemistry. And that, that is still a form of pollution in our bodies when we take that isolated chemistry because those supplements have not been found in nature in their natural form. You know, so see, that's why we, we don't promote using supplements in the Dr. Morris communities because those are dead, isolated forms of chemistry. We, we recommend people get their vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and, and products from the plants. That's why we talk so much about the herbs. And the only thing we use besides the herbs in Dr. Morris' community is the clays, like bentonite clay and activated charcoal. You know, that's, those are the other two products, and those are binders. They bind with chemicals and pollution and toxicity, and they help to uh, mop that up and help it to sweep it, sweep it out of the body, you know. But, uh, but there is different quality of supplements and the way they're made. Some are better than others, the same way with vitamins. Now, your vitamins, I recommend people, vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, to get it from green foods. You know, grains are the builders and fruits are the cleaners. And your green foods like moringa, that's an excellent, or alfalfa, that's an excellent source of our vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. But I recommend people, though, to first work on cleaning up the body, especially the small intestines and the large intestines, 
where your absorption is and get their absorption a little stronger before you start adding in those vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. Because a lot of people in our world, and I see this all the time in iridology, they have lots of malabsorption. So when we start to add in too much vitamins, minerals, and nutrients when we can't absorb real well, then it's literally like you're flushing your money down the toilet because you're not absorbing it. And if you can't absorb it, then it's just going to go out in your waste. So yeah. that's why we have to go through that process of helping to correct that malabsorption. But what happens is a lot of people, when they start to detox and cleanse, they get really skinny because of that malabsorption. And then that makes people have a lot of fear, especially females, uh, from judgment from the world, you know, of getting that skinny. But it's definitely a process that's, that we all have to go through if we have that condition. That's why even Dr. Morris says that, you know, we want to expect that we're going to get skinny on our detox journey because that's the way the body breaks down all that inferior tissue and all the, the, uh, the fat cells that hold the toxins because that's where the toxins are stored in the body is in the fat cells. And so when we, when we do things to help break up that, those deposits of fat, we get really skinny, but it really helps to get deep down into the cleansing process of our bodies. So it's just kind of like helping people to reprogram their mind and the way that they view themselves because, you know, we have to be humble in, in seeing ourselves in those ways because we're going to have a lot of people because I've done fasting that way and gotten really, really skinny before. You know, I usually these days, uh, when I was at my heaviest, I weighed around 280. But around these days, I weigh around 280, I mean 200, 180 to 200. That's my average. And But when I was doing fasting, I'll get down to like 150 or 160. And then when I get that small for my bone structure, people will start, they, they, they'll start going up to my mom and my girlfriend <laughs> and they'll be like, what's wrong with dad? Has he got cancer? You know, and I'm like, and I'm like, no, ma'am, I'm just doing cleansing, you know? And, and it's because, you know, people, people get so easy to be concerned for people when they don't understand what they're doing, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's very common. It's very common. You know, we, we don't get concerned when we see someone over there smoking cigarettes or eating a fast food burger but we get concerned when we see someone doing fasting because it's so out of the normal you know? <laughs> yeah no that's very true that's very true yeah with uh, iridology can you can you brief, briefly share with us what iridology is oh of course i would love to um iridology is the science and the art of studying the iris the iris is amazing it's it's a structure of fibers, fibers, you know, like it's nerve fibers. That is, that's why the iris is connected to the nervous system like all the body is. But all of those fibers that are in the iris that we can see with macro photography, um, we can see those structure of those fibers. And then we can see how they have different structures, like they'll have different holes, they'll, have, they'll be spread apart, you know, we'll, and I can tell the strength of a person's genetics. I can see how, uh, how accumulated their body is with lymphatic waste. I can see if they have like other pollution from like possible chemicals or medications. I can see um, the, the nervous system again. I can see the state like if they have a lot of stress rings and I can see if they've been real stressed or possibly stressed or if a lot of the acids in their body are irritating their nervous system as well. And then I can also see how congested their head is and their sinuses and their, their master glands, which is the hypothalamus and the pituitary, you know, and then that affects the adrenals and the thyroid and all those other glands. 
And that helps me to really show the person through iridology and what their own eyes are telling them, you know, what they need to work on. So iridology is a great tool. It's actually so great that the medical association have shunned it because it works too well. That's the honest truth. Because it, it's, it's a great preventative tool. It can tell you stuff that you have going on before you ever feel the symptoms. And, uh, and then once you start working on, you know, revealing those, uh, those weaknesses even more, then you start saying, oh, well, no wonder I've got a weak metabolism because my thyroid is weak because my mother's thyroid was weak, you know, and so on and so on. You know? Yeah, and a, a lot of it, too, is the, the diet that we choose. There's so much uh, additional stuff now to the diet that people aren't really eating what they think they're eating. You know, that's, that's been right. something that I've experienced trying to educate people in that. It's like you really got to like read the back of the packaging, you know, and avoid prepackaged foods, period. That's right. I mean, it's because uh, we don't realize how much that goes into making those foods and how they're investing all their money into making them these companies. So they have to put things in them to make it where they'll last long enough on the shelf. And then that's where we run into problems because all of your healthy foods, you know, they're, if they don't have the preservatives and additives in them, they're not going to last that long because they're not meant to last that long. We should, you know, really pick it and eat it. I mean, it's really that obvious. But, but we live in a society, yeah. again, where, where people, they don't have enough of their food, so we have to get food brought in from who knows where. And then by the time it gets to us, it's two weeks old. And by the time that happens, it's already lost over well over three-fourths of its not only its vitamins minerals and nutrients but its living vibrational energy and that's why it's so important again because you know i hope all your listeners listen to me very well when i say it's more important to eat for energy and the vibrational energy that that substance or plant has in it than it is for the nutrients vitamins and minerals because when we eat fruits like take a take a person for example that has a really serious nervous system disorder like multiple sclerosis or um or or uh, uh Parkinson's or something like that you know this really strong nervous system disorder Dr Morris will tell people automatically you have to go on a hundred percent fruit diet if you want your condition to get better because why. It's not because fruits are only just a really well detoxifying food, but they are the highest vibrational energy of all plants on the planet. Because why? They come from flowers. You always have the flower before you have the fruit. And that flower is the most highest vibrational plant you know, that I'm aware of on the planet. And so that makes sense why we have to eat enough fruit because it recharges our batteries. And that's pretty much what our bodies are. They're like batteries. And that's why I say all the time we have to eat life to have life. And that's why raw foods, again, is so important because you're eating all of that life, you know. And, and so that's, again, why we have to go back to what nature provides because there's no other species of, of being or animal on this planet that cooks their food except for us, you know. Yeah. yeah. How bad is the cooking of the food? Well, I mean, you're just, you're number one, you're killing all the living electricity in it, or most of it. It depends on how strongly you cook it. Um, and then number two, you know, all the electrolytes, that, that's one of the first things it leaves because that is part of the electrical aliveness of the food. But that's also where your, your calcium, your potassium, your magnesium, those are your electrolytes, and they have to be in, from a living source. 
you know, and so that's that's a big one that it does right there, and that's why a lot of people don't get enough electrolytes, you know. Um, and then also, there's a lot of other things it does too. You know, it, it makes the food go acidic because when you put heat to it, because heat is acidic, cold is alkaline, and that's why also we develop colds and sicknesses during the winter time because of the the temperature of the weather is trying to to encourage or force our bodies to detox. Because why? Because we haven't taken the responsibility to do that enough ourselves. Because all the standard definition of sickness is, is detox. When you have mucus coming out, that's detox. When you have runny nose, when you cough it up, when you got bronchitis, that's detox. And when you got a fever, you got a, a, a flu, any of that, that's detox. But see, when people live these normal lifestyles, Western-based lifestyles, and they never do any cleansing at all, it starts to accumulate so bad in their tissues, all this mucus and trash, that that's why the cold weather automatically makes their nose start running, and they'll start coughing up mucus, or they'll get bronchitis. And it's not some disease or sickness that flew in from some other state. It's your body trying to say, hey, man, you need, a, you need to do some cleansing here. And so you haven't been doing it, so we're going to force you to do it. And it's so much harder to let your body force you to do it than you taking the responsibility and doing it for yourself. It's just a lot of people, even the doctors, if you go to the doctor and you're coughing up mucus, they're like, oh, that's an infection. No, that's not an infection. Even if it's green, it's still not an infection. That just means it's subacute. Uh, lymphatic stagnation it goes mucus goes through different colors of degradation as it gets worse and as it stays in the body longer it starts off clear first then it goes to yellow or no excuse me goes to white and then it goes to a mixture of white and yellow and then it goes to yellow and then it goes to a mixture of yellow and green and then it'll go green and then it'll go brown and then it even can be black and uh, that's the same way it does inside of our bodies too as it degrades and it can also have an orange tint to it sometimes. And the orange tint is from sulfur medications um, or sulfur supplements, you know, too. And that's another problem that people have is they have too much sulfur buildup in their body. And that can be a hard one to get out. And uh, it takes a lot of hard work. And using those binders and those clays and those things I was telling you before to help to draw it out and pull it out of the body, you know, because a lot of sulfur feeds candida and yeast in our body, and then we don't have enough beneficial bacteria, and then we don't produce enough B12, you know, because that's the reason why uh, all humans are low in B12, is because our microbiomes are so weakened from all the antibiotic use, the hand sanitizers, the, the all of those things, you know, I, I, that's another one of my topics that I love to talk about with people, is understanding the role of the microbiome. And, and understanding that we are more bacteria than we are human. So we have to live in a symbiotic relationship with that bacteria. We can't use things that sterilize um, because when we use those sterilizing agents, they don't discriminate. You know, they, an antibiotic, anti means against life. It's going to kill all the bacteria, not just the bad. You know, and so that's why it's that's why it's bad is because it's you know it's against life. You know, and so that's why we want to use things that encourage the growth of our good bacteria, or what they call probiotics. But see, we don't we don't. Only time I've ever recommended any of my clients to use probiotics is that lady I was telling you one time that she was she only had one kidney and she was on immune suppressant drugs and she kept getting sepsisemia. You know, and so I told her, I said, well, to keep you from going to the doctor and having to keep getting those antibiotics, then 
and because you're taking those anti, I mean, uh, those immune suppressant drugs, because that's kind of like an antibiotic that she's taking all the time. I said, your bacteria levels are so low that you, you need a probiotic in this situation. And, uh, and so, and then I heard, you know, Dr. Not Dr. Morris, but Dr. Marcy and other people talking about, uh, the same thing and talking about certain situations, probiotics can be useful, but for most people, they're not necessary. And that's why Dr. Morris doesn't really talk about them either. But I'm saying in certain situations, we have to bring out all tools to help people in their journey where they're at. Now, do they keep using those for long-term? No. Did that lady keep using colloidal silver and probiotics long-term? No. She actually, as her body improved, she, her, she stopped getting those infections and she only had to keep those products on hand just in case that happened. Um, to keep her from going to the doctor and getting antibiotics. But when she really changed up her diet and she quit eating animal products and quit using the sterilizing agents around her home, man, she stopped getting sepsisemia. And that was the reason why is because the lifestyle, the over-sterilization on top of the immune suppressant drugs was really keeping her, her bacteria levels so low, her beneficial bacteria levels, that that was another reason why she was having so much, you know, infections. And, and like she was even getting yeast infections and urinary tract infections, you know, because her bacteria levels were so low you know yeah. yeah now what about movement with things like this do you feel that movement has a, a plays a vital role in like uh basically uh, just getting the aiding the digestion as well as kind of like aiding the detoxing process of like eliminating things from your body of course of course movement is important but the number one movement i encourage people to do is anything that you enjoy anything that's fun go for a walk ride a bicycle go for a swim Go for a hike in the woods, you know, do something enjoyable, you know, because I never liked going to the gyms and stuff like that because yeah. I just didn't enjoy it as much, you know. But I found that breathing exercises is probably the most important exercise of all because it's, it's really how much it affects the rest of our, the quality of our life. But I do love, uh, like, um, stretching and yoga and, um, and some weightlifting some and, and uh, different things that help our body in different ways. But when we're detoxing, we don't want to do a lot of exercise. Now, we can still do the stretching, the breathing, the, uh, all of those things, which are very important that we actually should do those while we're detoxing. But when we're detoxing, we, we don't want to do anything that makes us feel sore. Because if, if we lift too much weight, or do things that makes us sore, that creates more lactic acid on top of the acid load that our bodies are already being challenged with. And then also we don't want to we don't want to do heavy amounts of cardio when we're in a deep detox because that's hard on our nervous system and our body's uh, energy levels. You know, so I mean you can do a little bit, do small amounts, but just you don't want to do too much because also it can stir up too much lymphatic waste in the skin and it could cause people to have rashes. It could cause them to have edema and swelling. And I've seen that happen before. People did a lot of body work, you know, a lot of massages, a lot of body therapy work. And uh, they started having edema and swelling. And that was because when your eliminator channels aren't open well enough, that's the, the, um, the bowels, the kidneys, or yeah, the bowels, the kidneys, the lymphatic system, the skin, and the lungs. When those main channels aren't opened up well enough, then the skin tries to kind of take over. And that's why people have problems with their skin is because um, their, their other eliminative channels are congested. You know? And so that's a, that's a problem when we start doing more sweating and more activity. When the body's real congested, it starts all coming out in the skin. And then people start getting like rashes and eczema and psoriasis. It starts flaring up, you know, and, 
And so, again, in that situation, for those kind of people, they don't need to do a whole lot of exercise at first. First, they need to work on the other areas and get some stuff eliminating, and then they can start to incorporate in. Because, yeah, some people might say, well, Thad, for someone that has psoriasis, sweating is very important. I would say, yes, it is, but not when they have, like, their skin is so broken out and, like, it gets real dry and crusty and it starts bleeding. You don't want to even be doing sweating in that stage. That would be more discomforting for them because it would burn. You know, all that the sweat and the salt coming out in the sweat would burn those cracked dry red areas you know because i've helped many people with psoriasis too and it can be really challenging one mentally as well as physically for people you know because some of those people they can't quit itching i mean i one of my clients he lives in costa rica he has to wear gloves to bed but so that he doesn't scratch himself while he's sleeping oh wow yeah so and but at the same time when you look at his history he had to take lots of steroids and medications and all of that really affected his, his immune system and then also he's been going through lots of um, uh, spiritual and emotional ups and downs as well and so all of that plays into everything too you know so so there's just a lot of issues sometimes that people are dealing with and they can be really challenging but but again we just have to understand that these are things that only help us to have a, a better quality of life in the future because it's kind of like these challenges transform you into the better person you can become, you know, and so that's why they're really worth it. You just have to have enough courage and determination to see it through the course, you know, because I have another fellow graduate from Dr. Morris, and I talked to him some in the clubhouse, too. Um, he's in some of these detox groups with us. And he had psoriasis so bad, he said when he started detoxing, his skin was peeling. Like, I'm talking about all over. All of his skin peeled off his body, the, the layers. And I've, I've had clients, especially females, well, it was just females, actually, that they sent me photographs of their toenails falling off. You know, and that's because, think about all those chemicals that you're exposing the nail bed and those nails to. Same thing as our hair sometimes. And it's because the body sheds that inferior tissue when it's cleaning. And that makes, that sometimes it's hard for people to understand that. And so they freak out. They're like, oh, damn, this isn't good. If I'm having my nails falling off and having my hair falling out, damn, whatever I'm doing is not good. When, no, that's actually not true. Because if you gave the body long enough time to see what it's trying to do, you would notice that it's actually getting that old, dirty, weakened tissue out of the way so it can produce healthier nails and healthier hair. Because that's what happens to all of those people. They end up just growing it back, and it's even healthier than it was before. Yeah. Yeah. So everything can, everything is regenerated. If the person can get their body to that level. Because Dr. Morris, one of his greatest success stories he just had recently was a man. He was a type 2 diabetic, and he had had poor circulation so bad to his legs that he had a cyst on his big toe. And when they removed the cyst, they noticed that half of his big toe was rotten all the way down to the bone. And so, of course, they had to cut all the rotten part out. And then Dr. Moore started helping him and put him on an all-fruit diet and herbs. That's all he was eating was fruits and herbs. And he started doing the work. And his big toe started oozing pus and mucus from the bone area where the bone had even been affected. And then it just started... As it started, kept oozing all that trash, and he kept on having more and more progress the longer he did it, the toast kept, it started regenerating, and the skin started growing back, and now the nail's coming back. I mean, it's amazing what the body can do if we do what's necessary to help it to heal itself, because really, the body is, is infinitely created 
in a way that it knows what to do. You know, it's like it has much more consciousness than we give it credit for. And we just have to sometimes give it what it needs and get out of its way. You know, that's why that's why fasting is important, because if you don't free up the energy that your body has, then sometimes it can't do enough of the work. Because that's why we talk so much about juice fasting is when you take all the fiber away from the, the what you're eating, then all that energy that went into breaking down that fiber and with digestion is freed up and it can go into repair and or detox, you know. And so that's why it's important for us to give the body chance to rest. That's also why I hope your uh, your um, your listeners listen closely again what I'm about to say because it's another gem, is that we have to spend time practicing no thinking that's very important because people are so addicted to overthinking even subconsciously and they don't even realize it that their brains are just going non-stop and we have to sit silent and very still and practice no thinking and that's hard for people because they can't shut off their mind and um but when we start to practice that oh man you start to become in contact with your true self because as dr moore says as soon as you stop thinking, here comes the true answers. Because if you sit there and try to think for them, you're not going to ever find them as easy as you will if you'll stop thinking. And so I've used that many times in meditation and deep breathing. And man, I would I would think about all kind of very creative things when I would do that. I mean, just like if I sat down with the intention that, hey, I have a new project I'm working on. I want to find some creative thoughts that I can think about it in different ways. Well, I'll clear my mind focus on my breath and then I'll notice that these different thoughts come to my mind that I wasn't even searching for that way of thinking like you know I wasn't even thinking about that but then I was like wow that leads me to this it leads me to that you know and and so it really is important to spend moments of no thinking because I didn't realize how much when we overthink we we have a tendency to over worry and have anxiety and then that makes us breathe shallow and so, and then that makes us have lung weaknesses, and then on and on and on. So, so more we practice the deep breathing, non-thinking, and and heart meditation, and all of those things I've already talked about, then it really starts to help us to be more balanced in those spiritual, mental, emotional areas as well as the physical. You know, so so those are things that a lot of times people don't they're they haven't really ever learned how to do those things. They never learn why they're so important. So they come to you wanting you to help them with all these other things, but they don't even know about those things. Then when you start telling them about those things, when they start practicing them, then their whole world changes because they're doing things that they never realized how important they were. And, and they just they didn't realize that they come to you for one thing, but then you gave them something that was more important. You know, because a lot of times people are just wanting to know how to, to fix their body from whatever they're going on. They don't want to know how to help all the old traumas and the abuse and all the hardships to, to go away because they're they're spent all their life running away from them. And when you yeah. help them to understand that they have to open up their heart and they have to allow them to be diffused through them. You know, like when you have an, a trauma, an emotional situation that happens even in your current life, you have to not hold on to it in some way you have to be able to, to let it flow through your body and, and out of your body so that way you don't hold on to those emotions but a lot of times people they don't know how to forgive they don't know how to forgive themselves or forgive others because they think if they forgive then it's saying what happened to them was okay when it's not about that it's about letting go of the energy because if you don't forgive 
you are a victim to that non-forgiveness. And it even it's not affecting the other person. It's only affecting you, you know, because they're going on with their life, you know. Um, but you're over there still holding on to this unforgiveness. And a lot of people do that with their own self. Like they'll do things in their life that they're not proud of, and they won't forgive themselves. And then they'll hold those resentments toward their self because they'll be like, oh, I should know better, you know, you know, and all these things. And, and, it, and that's why it's hard for some people. And that's why I also tell people to be more aware of your thoughts and to write them down. You know, like notice how many times a day you think positively and how many times a day you think negatively. And that helps us to see our state of mind and what we need to work on. You know? No, that's true. I mean, that's a, it's a huge point, a huge factor, because those things end up like manifesting into like later on physical ailments, you know, down that's there. That's right. That's right. And a and, lot of those things happen from even when we we're young kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they go overlooked by like, you know, professional physicians, quote unquote, that they can't find out what's going on, what the root of the problem is, and they get just overly medicated. And then you've got another type of situation on your hands. That's right. That's right. And and it is. It's very sad. And then, and then we don't, like sometimes we, like for example, you know, females are historically known to be more in touch with their emotions um, yeah. because of the, the traditional ways that's different between male and female. But males are supposed to be more in touch with their uh, uh, emotions than what normal males are in normal standard society because it's become like toxic masculinity where they refuse to acknowledge some things they need to work on because they're like, oh, a man's tough. I don't need to worry about that. Oh, a man eats meat. You know, um, um, men don't eat plants. That's weak, you know. And it's, it's that mentality that keeps them locked in that situation. But what I was going to say is that if the, if the male is not strong enough in his own um, uh, confidence of who he is, then he can't really hold space real well for the female when all she really wants him to do is just listen to her. Hold space and just listen to her. And listen to her just talking about these things out loud. And it's for her own self to hear herself talking about it. And so we have to be able to be strong enough to help the females deal with their things. And so a lot of times it comes back down to, you know, people just don't have anyone comfortable to talk to about their issues in their life without feeling that someone that they're trying to talk to are going to judge them and saying that something they're doing is not right and, and all these things. And so I have a lot of people that come to me, especially females, that they just love to work with me because I'm not going to judge them. I'm only going to, you know, help them and I'm, I'm going to be understanding of what they're going through. And that helps them to feel really comfortable and they can actually feel comfortable enough to share things with me that they wouldn't be able to share with their family and other people because it pulls too much on their emotional banks and their heartstrings. But when they're able to open up with someone that's in a non-judging state, especially that's outside of those, those family situations, then they feel more comfortable to talk about it. And, and they've actually done studies. They've, they've done studies in Japan to show that the same thing, Japan and China, that they had real big uh, influence or influx of, uh, of health coaches that all they, were, all they did was just hold space for women to be able to connect with them and talk about their feelings because they couldn't get their husband to do it. So they started noticing that, you know, we, we have to learn how to be there for each other. That's part of having a good relationship. That's part of having a good relationship with your family members and all of that. It's just we're so used to judging ourselves, so then that makes us judge others. And, and it's, it's sad when we just need to be there for each other regardless of what the person's going through, you know. Yes, no, I agree most definitely. It's definitely uh, 
that could be a lot more of that going on. Yeah. And there was, yeah, there was a, an article too, or a TED talk that came out about addiction, talking about everything that people have learned about addiction is wrong. And it was talking in terms of that, uh, usually when you've got somebody that's addicted, the idea course of, of remedy is to pull them away from the, you know, any kind of natural environment and isolate them. And they were talking about how that's just, that's the very opposite of what needs to be done in a situation like that, because the person is already feeling that isolation. That's right. That's right. They, they need, uh, they need to uh, be taken out into the wild and they need to learn how to have more self-love, you know, because a lot of people that when they do those certain activities, you know, they don't really know how to love themselves properly because they were, and really may have not gotten enough love when they were younger either. And so they get attached to those things because they think in some way that that's helping them to feel love and happiness and joy when really it's just a, it's a soul sucking, soul degrading thing, you know, and, and, and so really it's a lot to do with the mental state. That's where really addictions come from is because it comes from the mental state and the mental state is connected to the uh, astral body. And then the astral body, that's where all addictions are from is the astral body. And so, when we see that, we can see how we become attached to these physical things, you know, that are in the world and that we can we can diffuse through that. But we have to get to the root of the issue of why they're having that uh, physical addiction in the first place, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's very interesting because people not even talking about drugs. Food is the number one thing. Number oh, one goodness. You know, Absolutely. because that's what I realized. I, I've experimented with many drugs in my lifetime growing up, and none <laughs> of them none of them grabbed a hold of my addiction as bad as food. I mean, seriously. I, I was like, I was amazed, especially salt, man. Salt, I never thought it could be such an addictive substance for me, but after I realized how weak my adrenals are and how much all these years I've uh, craved salt, um, then I understand why it's so much like that to me and, and uh, to most people, you know. And we do need sodium, but we need sodium from plants. You know, if we, if we use the rocks for sodium, we need to be very, very responsible and very selective with how much we use because it really does cause overstimulation to the adrenals. See, some people out there in the world will say it's beneficial to the adrenals. It might be beneficial in very small amounts and very uh, uh, um, sporadic, not very often occasions, but mostly people, because it's the same thing for myself. I have to be very, very cautious in how much I use or I can overuse it very easily. And so then when you do that, that causes too much... Um, overstimulation to the adrenal glands you know so so that's why we have to really see how all of these different substances that we grew up on and how they interact and how they affect the body not only physically but emotionally and mentally too because i was i had a guy i was talking to one day and he said that i want you just to help me to get over my addiction to coffee he said i'm past the addiction physically he said now i can't get past the addiction of of those thoughts and feelings i have waking up in the morning and drinking a cup of coffee, reading the newspaper, or sitting at the cafe with my friends. And I said, well, now you're getting to the root of all addiction. Is it <laughs> yeah. the, the mental and the emotional and the things that you started falling in love with that were part of your day-to-day -day life? And Absolutely. so what that is, is it's just a reprogramming of the, of the mental state and our daily habits and learning that 
you know, because that is kind of like the Stockholm syndrome. They get we get addicted to things that are really because coffee is very, yeah. very, very bad, and we get addicted to things that we think that are helping us when really it's totally destroying our health. Because you don't even get energy off of coffee. Did you know it's so poisonous <laughs> that it it makes your adrenal glands freak out so bad that that's why you feel energy from it. It doesn't oh actually God. give the body energy. It's actually freaking you out, freaking your body out, because it's so acidic. It takes 30 cups of no. water to neutralize just one cup of coffee. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that's why that's a big one with for a lot of people, because that was the same way with that lady that I told you that had a cyst. She said her total world changed when she gave up coffee. You know, she said it, her health improved dramatically, you know, because she said that was a huge one for her. And, uh, and so that's what I'm trying to give an example that, you know, a lot of people are, are addicted to these drugs. And mine was, was uh, salt and dairy. Dairy was a huge one for me because yeah. my, my mom really loved dairy and my mom's mom really loved dairy because my mom's mom, she grew up <laughs> with, her, with her mom milking cows, you know. And so she always thought, oh, dairy's good for us and all this stuff, you know. And so... Then when we start to realize that, no, it's good for the baby calf, but it's not good for humans, you know, because it yeah. wasn't designed for humans, you know. So, so you know, it's just, it's just a process of us being open-minded enough to have awareness on new things that can help us to have a different programming of consciousness. Because a lot of times people aren't, they're not open-minded enough to the things that come their way that are really trying to help them. It's just totally different than the things that they've been grown up used to and the things that they've done so much in their life. And a lot of people, you know, they can have this thing come to them, and it's so ironic. Some of the, the best things that can help their life, they will still deny it because they don't understand it, they don't agree with it, and they don't understand if it was so good for us, why didn't everybody use it? And they don't understand that we've been living in this program society that they they want to restrict or limit the things that you should be doing a lot of because again they want to keep us sick on purpose to make more profits off of us because because you know we I've talked to people before about um, many different things and they're like well, you know what well, why doesn't the medical association tell us to do that if it's so good for us and I'm like they are in a business to make money if they told us all to do things to help us to be healthy they would lose their customers <laughs> you know so again they've created this society that makes these industries very rich and that's the the easiest way to explain it and so we have to get back to what is original and that's living off the land from the things that the land provides not stuff that's in a box or a can or a bottle you know and um and it, it is challenging for people but that's because you know um we've been so deceived i mean it's getting to the point where there's people that are waking up rapidly and that's so awesome that all of this is happening because it's helping humanity to awaken but there's some people that are waking up and they're pissed because they're so mad that it actually has been a world where things have been so deceived and that they're actually mad because the world that these people have created is not harmonious for the spirit, spiritual state, you know, the, the spiritual side of humans. And that that's what they're mad about is because they're seeing how that, you know, the darker forces created it where it limits our spiritual potential. You know, and our consciousness potential, because they don't want smart people, because then they're going to realize what they're doing. You know, yeah. and and so they want they want mindless, be obedient slaves, and and it's very sad, and, I, and it hurts my my heart energy sometimes talking about these things, because I really wish that we could overcome 
and we could really make a radical change, you know, um, and it's coming. I think that more and more people are waking up, realizing that too. It's just, it's going to be a process that we're all going to have to go through. We just have to be, you know, brave and really stay focused on the prize at hand, you know? Yeah. Where are you at now? I'm in central Alabama. I live, I live in a little town called Wetumpka. It's probably about 45 minutes away from the capital. Okay. Are you, are you tucked away from other people? Yeah, I have three acres, and I live right outside the city limits, or a little ways outside the city limits, so I'm not as uh, close to, you know, the city and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it sounds amazing. I know Alabama's very green. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It it has a lot of beautiful places, and and overall, it's a pretty good state. We're just... We're just a little bit too conservative in the way that we eat, and, and there's so much rich foods here, and that's why the cases of obesity and diabetes is so rampant here because we live in the fried food belt. People, we've always fried our food so much, and then plus they love their pork here way, way too much, you know, and, and uh, that's, what killed my, that's what killed my great-grandfather from a massive heart attack. You know, when oh, he was in his 50s, I think, you know, because that's all he really ate, you know, that because back in the 30s, that was when he was around, you know, that's what, that was one of the farm animals that they ate a lot of, you know. Yeah. Well, meat was kind of like, originally, it was kind of like a celebratory thing, wasn't it? It used to be kind of an occasional thing, not an all the time thing. That's right, because the reason why is that it was the less, less, um, let me say the, I wouldn't go as far as to call them poor. Now, that is what some people would call them, uh, but it's the more rural people, let's say that, that they, yeah. back in the medieval days, the more rural people, they lived off the land, and they didn't have the health problems that the kings and queens had, because the kings and queens, they ate a lot of real rich food, and they had alcohol all the time, and that's why that they call still to this day, gout, the rich man's disease, because they noticed that the rich people, they would get gout and arthritis, but the peasants that lived in the land, because they <laughs> ate very small amounts of those substances and they didn't have yeah. alcohol, um, they didn't get the gout. And so that's, and that's a perfect example, even way back then, of you know, how it's cause and effect. Everything's cause and effect. It's just the medical association, again, does not teach cause and effect. They teach treatment, treatment, treatment. You know? And so we have to get back to what we can observe in nature, and that's cause and effect. Yeah, and it's kind of an interesting scenario too because you try to, when, when you know, it, in the past, you know, I kind of have a different approach now. But in the past, we try to uh, to share this with others. People kind of uh, they it, it's laughed at, you know, because like, no, it's not true because they they go by what they you know what's been told, like you said, and like what the doctor says, and like you know, if the doctor says it's this, then it's golden, you know. But it's interesting when you, just, you all you have to do is take a look around you and look at the uh, the evidence in front of you. You know, it's like, well, if the proof's in the pudding here. What's, look, what's before you? You know, are you getting sicker or are you getting healthier? You know, and the answer is, you know, quite obvious. But That's the right. reason why, yeah, the, the reason why I want to have you on here is because this is information that can definitely, like, turn people's lives around with the application of this. And I love the information that you share and that you're, uh, you're willing to share it in any type of environment, as well as, like, the, the channels that you're on. I mean, you just give so much great information. You're willing to help many people. I think that's great. I yeah, think it's well, definitely... yeah, well, Go thank ahead. you. For, thank you. For, I was just going to say thank you for that, Anthony, because, you know, we need more people out there that want to spread this message. And I'm glad that you're out there interviewing people and doing more of these things. That's why 
all of us that we just want to continue to get the message out there. That's why we're, we're willing to do these things with people because it's more about just hoping that something I say can inspire people to change their life. You know, and, in, and of course, if they want to work with me further, that's up to them. But the main thing is just is there anything that I could possibly say that could help change someone's life. I feel like I'm doing my purpose on why I was sent here to, to be what I am is because I truly enjoy, it's a strong passion of just helping people to become their best version of themselves they can become. Because, you know, I, I have been very blessed with such a, a beautiful uprising and, and uh, growing up with my family. I didn't have a, any of the hardships and traumas and stuff that a lot of people have had to go through. So, so I feel obligated to help those people and that's my way of showing the showing God or the divine creator above that I'm thankful for having such a great life. And so that's another reason why I do what I do. Because, man, some of those health, health questionnaires that I read from people, man, people have had yeah. to go through so much hardships and traumas in their life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, indeed. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And, so, and then the, uh, the lack of medical care or the, uh, the uh, negligent medical care in the process, too, it doesn't help in some of those cases as well. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and then plus, too, is the world is it can be a beautiful place, but it can also be a very hard and harsh place, too, just because of how challenging it can be on so many different levels. But at the same thing, it's, it is what we make it, you know, and and we want to just be the change we can see in the world and and just keep doing these things that will will lead us to greatness and gr lead us to great experiences and and not focus too much on you know the negative things about the world that we wish that it wasn't that way because everything is the way it's supposed to be for a reason you know and Absolutely. and so we have to we have to remember that there's a divine plan to everything so we can't get upset when the world is the way it is because there's definitely a reason for it the whole the whole point is to actually just take that journey inward you know and start to begin there you know and that starts to open doors and like starts to answer questions i believe that's right that's right um and it's hard for a lot of people to do that because I, like i said earlier they've been running away from those those uh, feelings yeah. you know for so long and that they don't know how to like be able to um embrace them and and let them diffuse through them because then it, it makes them feel those feelings when they're younger and they would get scared and so that's when they started pushing it away and um and that's why a lot of people can't open up to you and that's why a lot of people they only talk surface level stuff with you because they don't want to yeah. talk about those deeper issues because of that reason. And so you can definitely see it. That's why I've always been a huge lover of psychology and uh, therapy, as well as, you know, all these other techniques that Dr. Morse and other people talk about with detoxification, because I find the whole psychological component very fascinating. You know, that's why I've loved listening to some of these psychological masters that were out there, like Carl Jung and different people like that, because mm -hmm. they always have such amazing insights on, on the reason why we act the way we do, you know? Absolutely. No, I, I, I know what you're talking about. In fact, I just, uh, I just uh, joined a, uh, a Facebook group with uh, Young as the, uh, the main subject matter in it. Oh, awesome. So that's pretty interesting. But now, what does, what does what the sessions look like with you, with, with all the information that you have? And when you're, you're meeting with people, like, what are you, do you consider yourself a, 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 a I actually, I don't know what to say or how to, how to put it into words. You know, what, what do you call yourself and what does that like, what does working with you look like? Is it done online? Do they come see you physically? Or? Yeah, I, I work with um, probably, I would say almost 100% 
it's very high 90s. Every now and then I'll get someone local that may want to have me help them in some way, but usually it's nothing compared to the way people, you know, want help online, especially when I connect with these communities and people that already are searching for people to help them. And I, uh, I uh, talk with people on the phone. I talk, I have Zoom calls with people. Um, I do the iridology, of course, through on, uh, you know, digital and online. There's people, all they have to do is just get me a good set of digital iPhotos. And I have, I have a PDF and a YouTube video that I created on showing how to take proper iPhotos as well. And people can reach out to me if they need that help with that. But also I give free discovery calls. You know, for anybody that ever wants to talk to me and connect and possibly talk about working together, that's what I do with people. I offer that. And uh, we just talk for, you know, sometimes 30 minutes, an hour, just depends on how long, you know, and, and how much stuff we're covering in the discovery call. And then that way it helps us to both see if we're a good fit to work with each other. And it also gives them a chance that they can ask any questions and, and I can hear their story. And then it also gives me a chance, even if they decide not to work with me, it gives me a chance to give back to commute to the community. because And that's also why I do what I'm doing now, because I've always... You know, for so many years in my parents' health food store, I always wanted to do this for free um, just because, you know, it was my way of giving back to people. But then I realized that a lot of times people don't appreciate it as much if they don't have something invested in it because that's so true yeah. about psychology. And so I found that if, that if I just charged a reasonable rate, then it would make it where people would be much more willing to listen to me and do what I have to say and just really be adamant about working on their self um, because they have something invested. And so then when I started doing that, it helped me to, you know, to have that proper exchange with people, you know, where I, it's, it's kind of like when they pay you, they say thank you. You know, it's like their way of, you know, giving back to you, you know, and if you just did it for free all the time, you know, they don't really have any way. I would have some people that would give me donations and things like that when I would do stuff with them for free. I've even had people that do that before when I'd have a discovery call with them because they didn't really necessarily work with me and they didn't want any of my other services, so they would just give me a small donation. But uh, mm. but any, really, I'm here to help people any way I can, whether it's just be a motivator, an inspirer, a coach, help you go through detox, help you learn about how to be more balanced mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. You know, I'm really just here to help people in any area that I can, that I have enough knowledge to be able to help people. But the biggest thing that I want people to take away from me trying to help them is that they can learn how to do these things for themselves, you know, because, you know, that's what I really want is I want to teach people how to do it and then they can take on, take it on and they can do it for the rest of their lives. But not only that, they can teach their children, you know, they can help other people with it too. And then that's how we keep spreading this great information, you know. Do you, uh, do you recommend lymphatic massage at home? Go ahead. Do you, rec do you recommend lymphatic massage at home? Go ahead, Anthony. I, di I didn't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, sorry about that. Do you, uh, how do you feel about uh, one doing lymphatic massage on themselves at home? Well, now it cut out. I can't hear you now. How about now? Now, I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. I was asking about lymphatic massage at home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, too. But again, it depends on uh, other conditions that they may have. Like if they have real bad skin congestion or skin problems, you don't want to do a lot of that at first, you know, because that can stir up more of that congestion, you know. 
but yeah, so lymphatic, I mean, lymphatic massages is important, you know, especially if you do it in the right way. Dr. Morris has a great PDF that he explains the right way to do it. And you can download that PDF off of his website. Um, or if they get, if anyone gets in touch with me, I can, you know, give them a copy of it too. You know? Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, because there's definitely a proper way to do it, and you definitely want to do it real gentle. You don't want to do massages in a real aggressive way, especially when a person has, like, tender lymph nodes and, you know, they have inflammation and pain because it can it can cause more further irritation or inflammation, you know, especially to the swollen lymph nodes or the lymphatic channels, you know, because they can be real tender, you know, from all those acids and the congestion trying to move through them. So we have to learn the proper way to do these things, and... And uh, that's that is really important, you know. Yeah, yeah no, I agree one hundred percent, my friend. Well, Thad, I want to thank you very much for your time today. It was a pleasure having you on the show. I, I love the time that we spent. It was great information. Uh, is there? Uh, do you have any? Uh, what's uh, any other ways to get a hold of you, or anything you want to share with listeners before we uh, we end this uh, session? Yeah, so I have a website that's just my name, just thadcheatham.com. You know, if they see, when they see this uh, this podcast and they see the title and they see my name, if they'll just, it's all lowercase, just thadcheatham.com. And uh, that's my website, and they can go on there and they can check out what I offer and what I do, and they can read my, my story of my health journey so far, and they can connect with me on there. They can email me, or they can... You know, join me on my uh, YouTube, I mean, my uh, Facebook group, Journey to Wellville, you know, or they can connect with me on Instagram. You know, there's several different ways. I'm not hard to find because I'm one of the only people in the whole country that has the name Thad Cheatham, especially, <laughs> especially spelled the way I've spelled it or that my parents <laughs> spelled it. Excuse me. <laughs> you have a, a distinct voice as well. Well, thank you. I. I have that classic southern accent, you know, because I'm from here in central Alabama, and we, we all have kind of that, that, well, not all of us, but uh, several of us have that type of accent, you know, yeah. Well, your beautiful spirit kind of just ties it all together, and it works well for you, my friend. Well, thanks, thanks, because I, I enjoy talking and connecting with people. It's one of my great joys in life, and that's why I love spending my time doing it, you know, yeah. Oh, excellent. So, yeah, if you can, check him out on the, in some of the rooms in Clubhouse. If you can find him and or check him out on the, his Facebook page there. Dad, thank you very much for your time. You have a wonderful rest of the day. You too, Anthony. And, and God bless you for doing what you're doing uh, and keep doing it too because you're helping to raise awareness for us all. So I wish you all the best and all the listeners as well. Thank you very much. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.